Welcome to the Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Today I had the honour, absolute honour, to talk with the amazing Dr Theodore Achacoso. So this is part one of a two-part series because we had such an amazing conversation and it was around about two and a half hours. So we've split it into two so you can listen in segments. So Dr. Ted, as he is affectionately known as, is an incredible human being who I was immediately fascinated by for reasons not only that he has uh, an amazing IQ, but because of his beliefs, his amazing way of being a fearless leader and a mentor to all that he comes in contact with, but also for his humour and sense of fun and lightheartedness. So I'm very lucky to be able to work with Dr. Ted as his CEO of Hope here in Australia's health optimization practice, uh, which is a non-for-profit organisation. So in this part two-part episode, we discuss Ted's mission or Dr. Ted's mission to decrease suffering in himself and others and the planet through his meditative and medicine practices. We talk about his pioneering work, Home Hope Org and Truescriptions, plus his many other professional endeavors that span the globe. We also discuss, discuss the perspective that Dr. Ted measures his success throughout the day on how present he has been in the moment, not on the list he has ticked, and how we all should be implementing this for greater awareness and happiness. So we also talk about being one of the, the smartest people alive and what motivates Dr. Ted to get up every day, all about his pioneering practice and academy, Home Hope, and how he is moving the needle on health. We also tra- chat transcriptions and methylene blue. And in part two, don't miss, uh, we talk psychedelics, pharmawaska, psilocybin and LSD, We also talk in detail about the ego. We talk insight into Dr. Ted's day and Dr. Ted's top tips to be happy, healthy and connected. And we also talk the very famous Dr. Ted's mottos. So Dr. Ted Achacoso attained a college degree in biology at the age of 18 and a doctor of medicine at the age of 22. He is a founding pioneer of the clinical practice of health optimization medicine and practice which is the detection and correction of imbalances at the level of the metabolome. Dr. Ted is based in Washington, D.C. and maintains a tri-continental home practice, North America, Europe and Asia, and performs home hope lecturing and mentoring to doctors and practitioners. He provides international corporate consulting activities involving nutritional supplement formulation and the establishment of metabolomics, mitochondria and microbiota laboratories. He strongly suspects that this world is an illusion projected as a hologram by the human biocrystal and pushes to create deliberately sustainable happy dreams instead of nightmares. Dr. Ted has trained, researched and worked in many different fields. Interventional neuroradiology and pharmacology in Manila, medical informatics and artificial intelligence in Washington, D.C., scientific advisor to local venture and global institutional investment funds 
and a founder and chief technology officer of a group communication and collaboration software company. He's also created the first wireless mobile groupware as a quant trader for Incubator Hedge Fund in Rehoboth Beach and in anti-aging medicine and nutritional medicine in Paris, Brussels. So his representative body of work includes a book containing the first ever neural circuitry database or the first ever connectome for an organism C. elegans, journal articles, US patents, software, grants and recorded interviews, webcasts and speaking engagements in many, many areas across the globe. So we really, really hope you enjoy this amazing conversation and look out for part two and we'll see you very soon. Enjoy. I'm Dr. Ted. Thanks Hello, for being on the show. Jill. Hey. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> My gosh, this has been a long time coming. I've been so excited to have you on the show for so, 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 so long. Um, tell me, what, uh, what time is it where you are? It's 10 o'clock, is it? We're just at 10.30. It's 10 uh, 9, 9, 9, 19 p.m. Oh, thank you so uh, much for um, taking your night out for me as well. Uh, well, uh, a, a day ahead of you. Um, <laughs> a, 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 day, a day later than you, actually. A day later, You're yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, I'm used to staying up until um, midnight anyway, because I do have a, a health musician that is in practice in Asia, as you know, and I'm there um, 30 days every quarter. Um, and so when I'm here in Washington, DC, I, uh, usually have to stay up until midnight anyway to catch, you know, until midday of the business day in Asia. So <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm awake. I'm You're awake. Much awake. <laughs> much awake. Doing much better than I would be doing it. Last night I was thinking um, about us meeting today and I was like, it was 10 o'clock for me at the time last night. I was like, I wouldn't be awake. I don't know how you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, you know this, uh, mm. one of the things that uh, was unique to what I taught before was, uh, you know, Dr. Ted's sleep anchoring technique, right? You mm. anchor your day to the beginning of your sleep. So your day begins at the time you sleep. So my day begins at midnight um, and, you know, as this first activity. So because if you schedule your first activity as the first thing that you wake up, you know, then you're going to likely skimp on your sleep. But if sleep is the first activity, then you're more likely to complete your sleep and then your next activity will be whatever it is when you wake up. Yes. So yes. when you write down your schedule, sleep should be first. Sleep should be number one, number one yes. priority. Yeah, yes, not, well, not number one priority. Yeah. Well, so, and that's that's why I'm awake. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, so I wanted to dive into all about you. So tell us all about Ted, and yeah. what. <laughs> I know it's, this is going to be huge, and I, I, I would have given the introduction already and told them, tell everyone a little bit about you. But your history and what you've done is exponentially amazing. I love it, and everything you are and everything you are about, I absolutely love. So we could we could talk just about you for this whole podcast, I think. Um, and I also <laughs> wanted <laughs> that will be a massive, you know, explosion Ooh. of my ego. <laughs> <laughs> some, some, something that I've been trying to to suppress for so many. 
or you can explode today. That's okay. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to ask you about your IQ because that was something originally that really fascinated me about you, um, about your high, high, high IQ and being one of the smartest people in the whole planet alive. So uh, you mean you've been victimized by my IQ via my humor, right? So absolutely. <laughs> So tell me a little well, bit about, about you. Yes. Um, well, I, uh, I was one of those who, uh, you know, um, entered college when I was 15 years old. And so, and I finished college at, uh, uh, in three years. So, uh, and that was a full um, uh, uh, bachelor's of science in biology. And and uh, so at 18, I was a medical student already. Um, Goodness. And, and uh, I was not one of these new, uh, you know, uh, medical courses where you could just go directly into medicine and complete it in six or seven years. This is a full college degree. And, and um, so I was um, a physician when I was 22 years old. And uh, my training was uh, also accelerated. I uh, essentially was... Um, uh, I, I trained in three areas uh, initially in uh, Manila, where I studied um, and became faculty in um, pharmacology and toxicology. And that's why I love you when you compound your own herbals. You know, I love that <laughs> stuff. It's just compounding uh, one, just there. Yeah. It. The smell yeah. Of uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I um, see. I did work with. Uh, indigenous medicinal plants for mm. fertility vegetation. So, uh, and, and that was a, a huge uh, avenue of research for me. And then uh, I was also trained in interventional neuroradiology. Uh, that means, you know, um, I joke always that I used to poke brains for a living. Um, <laughs> and uh, in some cases it's called minimally invasive neurosurgery. Uh, uh, because you don't have to open the skull to do the stuff that you need to do, right? Mm. And then, um, uh, and then um, uh, I was uh, uh, also a clinical um, as, uh, assistant uh, professor, clinical professor of neurology. Mm. Um, and all of those was done in, in, in the Philippines, but I was also um, very politically active. And... <laughs> and <laughs> And, um, uh, you know, um, one thing led to another. Uh, so I had to leave um, uh, the Philippines, uh, but on invitation by the George Washington University um, Medical School here in mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. And I came in not as a trainee. I also came in as faculty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was uh, trained in... Uh, medical informatics uh, uh, by the pioneer of medical informatics, the one who mm. started the whole field, uh, Billy wow. Yamamoto. And his research was in artificial intelligence. Mm. And uh, when I entered his lab, uh, uh, you know, he asked me two questions. He asked me, is beauty computable? And I said, yes. And is consciousness computable? And I said, yes, you know. I made a mistake. I chose consciousness. If I chose beauty, <laughs> I would have been rich by now. Uh, um, and um, um, and uh, I, so uh, in there, in my research, uh, I wrote 
the book, which is now being called the first connectome or the database of connections for an organism. Uh, it's a roundworm called uh, C. elegans, and it's the workhorse for workworm for research in uh, anti-aging medicine. Wow. Um, and then um, uh, I was also uh, trained in uh, uh, socially responsible uh, finance uh, mm -hmm. by the guy who started socially responsible investing, uh, Wayne Silby, you know, and that's when I became senior science and technology advisor to many companies, uh, particularly uh, investment firms. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then uh, after that, I started my own company, uh, GroupServe. I, uh, it was a groupware company, and I created the first commercially viable uh, wireless groupware. Mm -hmm. uh, I have patents on that, and mm -hmm. I, um, you know, um, I basically created uh, lots of pieces of software that now pertains to medical imaging, like for MRI. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, your listeners who would know what edge detection algorithms are, I've worked on those. Um, and they, these are now being applied, for example, for facial recognition in artificial intelligence, because that's why my work is. Wow. Right? And then, um, uh, and then uh, after the company, I uh, used my artificial intelligence um, knowledge to go to an area where I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about money. So I uh, studied uh, currencies, uh, currencies worldwide. And uh, well, you know, the, the currency day starts in Sydney, you know, it's, it's <laughs> the, the, first, the first market that opens up. The center That's of the why, world, sort of. <laughs> yeah, the center of the world, yes. And um, there was a time when, uh, when uh, uh, the Australian dollar used to be uh, the uh, carry trade of the Japanese housewife. And that's, that's, that's how its value kept on increasing. The Japanese housewives kept on buying the Australian buying. dollar. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I used artificial intelligence models in order to predict trades. Uh, uh, for your uh, listeners who know about complex adaptive systems, you know, um, that was where my work was also. Um, you know, the things that, uh, you know, like the logo of health optimization medicine, you know, mm. the, the butterfly effect. That yeah. Was, that's, part, that's part of complex adaptive systems. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, um, and then after that, and I said, well, okay, you know, done with this. Um, my friend reminded me, he said, okay, you're playing a zero sum game. Um, you know, uh, but before that, he, in, in, uh, when, when I was in uh, about 35 years old, uh, basically I was asked by investors, you know, you know, um, hey Ted, where do you think um, uh, medicine is going? Uh, and that was when I was 35 and, um, and I said, well, it's going into uh, regenerative medicine, it's going into wellness medicine, it's going into health, it's going to move away from disease. Mm. So uh, 10 years later, I uh, went to Paris and retrained myself, put my money where my prediction was, right? And <laughs> retrained myself in, in anti-aging medicine and nutritional medicine, and I got board certified over there. Amazing. And, and uh, the guy who trained me um, in uh, anti-aging medicine was the guy who started the entire 
field of hormone balancing, you know, uh, wow. so I was lucky to do that. So even in when I was in Manila, I was trained by the pioneers there of neurology or pharmacology. They're the ones who started their fields. You mm. know? Um, and uh, and uh, uh, of interventional neuroradiology. So I was lucky to to be trained by pioneers. You know, those you really get the perspective. And mm-hmm. um, I know I, I, I speak to you every week in, in, in meetings, Jody, and I, I always say that the best gift, or in fact, the only gift that uh, a mentor can give a student is a perspective. When you yeah. have that perspective, it never leaves you. You learn how to to look at that so um that's uh but my my uh, i i maintain uh my my interests going you know i i uh i'm abreast with all the the um new developments in the thinking about consciousness uh, mm. i'm you know i i keep i, I keep abreast with the uh, relationship between physics and consciousness, uh, mm. whether or not it could be solved that way. You know, you never leave your curiosity behind. But at the same time, I'm, I also never lost my interest. Like, how the fuck do I increase my brain functioning? Yeah. Right? So, nootropics, <laughs> before, before nootropics be, became even vogue, you know, like 50 yeah. years ago, yeah. I was suddenly looking at nootropics and said, you know, what drugs can I actually take in order to, to, um, to increase brain function uh, um, uh, and, and, and so on. So that has been, and then the whole field of nootropics sort of like uh, with the advent of, of long form um, uh, podcasts and, and, and so on, you know, they became more and more popular. Mm. And that's why I was being uh, surprised, for example, like, you know, that was already known like several years ago. <laughs> you know, I, I actually enjoy, I actually enjoy this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, um, yeah, because what well, because you know what you've done many many years ago is like oh my god this is new information for so many people and that's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but on, but on the other hand, it's like like shit, can't we have any other new thing? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Bored for your brain for all of us. We're like, oh, yeah. this is really new. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I am actually um, enthralled at the fact that the younger generation has expressed more interest in this, mm. right? On a, on, a, on, on a population sense of people are interested, there's a lot more people interested in yeah. doing this. You yeah. know? And when, like, for example, uh, when I was formulating uh, blue canatine, which I will talk about later, mm. you know, it's a new tropic, mm. you know, um, uh, I, it was already time. Uh, people knew about the action of methylene blue and the action of nicotine, you know, they already had their history. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was looking at those ingredients the first time before I actually put together, you know, um, people were so afraid of all of these things, like mm-hmm. what would people say and so on. And then the, 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 the thing with, with a lot of the things that I do, like even with health optimization, mm-hmm. for example, uh, is that it's experiential, right? Mm-hmm. You have to experience, you have to experience uh, the whole thing. Uh, um, but of course, you know, it's always the ego that needs the experience. Uh, as, as they say, you know, in enlightenment, uh, there, there is no, the experiencer dis- disappears, the experience dis- disappears, and there's only experiencing. 
So, mm. <laughs> you know, my, my goal is to formulate something that will just give you the experience. Experience, yeah. Without, you know, without necessarily having an experiencer yes. or, or an experience. So, <laughs> It's, mm. it's, 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 um, it's very simple, you know, um, mm. there is no objective, it's like, for example, there's no object to be seen, there is no one seeing, there's just yeah. seeing, mm. you know, and, and uh, you know, um, that's, that's one of the things that fascinates me, is that in um, various states of, of consciousness, yeah. you know, the, the, the one that seeing disappears, you mm. know, and the one that, that the object of being seen disappears is just seeing, there's just this oneness that, that goes. And, yeah. you know, sh for short periods of time, those are achievable by, um, how do they call it? Mind-altering molecules. So, anyway. <laughs> Which we will get into. <laughs> so in, in terms, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, in terms of, uh, so that's my background. Um, you know, um, that's a sh sh my short background. In fact, you know, Jody, honestly, I had no plans. You know, I thought I was going to die at 40. I, comp I compressed really? so much of my life. And I said, yeah, I had no, I had no plans. Like, uh, you know, 40, I'm, I'm good to die. Wow. You know, I'm good to go. Or, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so um, uh, one of the things that uh, I think I can share, um, especially with with uh, your viewers or listeners, is the fact that you know I had uh, severe um, existential angst. You know, uh, mm -hmm. and when I was about sixteen years old, I was junior in college. Mm. I was graduating with honors. You know, the yeah. next year and so on. Yeah, I, I, I tried to, I said, this is boring. So I tried to find my reset button and found it in my right wrist. So, um, and, and, and that's the, uh, that's the thing, you know, mm. um, when, for example, I have patients or clients that come to me and um, they are complaining about depression. I yeah. do understand what it is because yeah. I've been there, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's, 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 it's something you know, that uh, uh, was recurrent uh, and um, uh, uh, especially it, it recurred when I was at 40. Mm. And, uh, you know, one, one of the things that helped me uh, through it was actually balancing my hormones and nutrients. You know, when I learned how to do it, uh, how to do that, you know, without uh, any additional antidepressants or anything like that. But mm -hmm. of course, with a lot of exercise, we know how that, that's so beneficial Absolutely. for depression, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, at, at the peak of the depression, I forced myself to exercise about three hours a day. Wow. And, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and you know that um, they are 65% uh, better than mm. uh, traditional antidepressants, right? So, exactly. Um, our yes. own. Our but, own. But you just have, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to force yourself to do it, and that's for me. And it's, uh, um, and of course, uh, that also um, uh, pushed me to study, you know, um, other states of consciousness and so on. You know, uh, what might be producing this, and um, you know, so that pushed me to to study, you know, default mode networks, uh, mm. you know, self rumination, you know, autobiographical sense of self, like. You, usually when I tell my story, I would get depressed, right? <laughs> because it's something that has to do with me. <laughs> well, and and, uh, and my, my default mode network is like doesn't activating. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like, it doesn't like that. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, um, but the flip side of that are, of course, the flow states, which, you know, when I was in the operating room, you know, I would experience the flow states. That's because your task positive network or a central executive network would be uh, uh, dampening your mm. default mode, which is all about you. That's all. And you feel this, your time just, uh, you know, uh, dilates. You, you, uh, you work with, with the patient and pretty soon it's like, oh my God, you know, four or six hours. Um, yeah, which is a definition of what a flow state is. Absolutely. So these are, you know, um, all of the fields in my life that I've been in, mm. they really um, uh, had certain things in common. Uh, number one is that I was always interested in how things were networked, right? Yeah. Uh, when, like, for example, when I was studying uh, pharmacology, you know, when you take a look at drug effects or you take a look at the effects effects of herbals, etc. how they affect not only your target, but they affect the entire organism. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, systems biology was a very young subject then, right? And we still took a look at, at, at our body as, uh, as a system of organs, right? But now with, when I was thinking about health optimization medicine, I was looking at the body as a network of cells, mm. right? a network of organisms. Mm. Right. Uh, so if you look at it evolutionarily, the body is really um, um, an ecosystem of organisms. Like, for example, uh, as I like to say, you know, the somatic cell is really, if you take a look at it, your mitochondria are separate bacteria that are living inside your cell, an average of 500, except for red blood cells, right, mm. uh, of them inside your cells. And um, they power you up. Uh, the liver and the brain, for example, have uh, um, a very high amounts of uh, mitochondria, like one to 2,000 per cell. And the reason for that is they have to provide high amounts of energy. Mm -hmm. And even your endocrine glands, uh, you know, um, other endocrine glands uh, aside from, from the liver, for example, would, would have um, those, that, that high amount of, um, of uh, mitochondria also. Mm. And these are bacteria that produce energy for you. Mm. However, um, they're the first ones to, to give out, right? Uh, look at your heart. It's one of the first ones to give out. It also requires a lot of mitochondria because it's pumping. It's, it needs uh, energy. It doesn't have much energy reserve. The mm. brain doesn't have much energy reserve. That's why it uses 20% of your glucose, right? It, it, you know, the, the heart doesn't have as much, as much uh, energy reserve. It uses 60% of your fatty acid reserves. So these are the kinds of things that, are, uh, uh, that, that uh, you begin to see once you stop looking at the person as an individual and start looking at persons and ecosystem. That's why this is what they call the holobiont perspective, right? Yes. And with that kind of perspective, even your gut microbiota now becomes part of you. It's mm. part of your ecosystem. It's no longer like, e, they're bacteria that are outside. Right? <laughs> it's they're, me. They're, it's part of me. It's me. It's, yeah, it's part of you. And uh, if you take a look at the more recent diagrams, the, you, know, your, you have skin bacteria, mm. uh, uh, I've notified some ophthalmologist friends of mine. There are corneal, you know, bacteria. Um, mm. I remember there are now there are corneal transplants that are being done, right? right. Um, as a procedure, so they should be made aware of this. You know, uh, there are many um, things that are wrong that we've learned from medical school. We've always been taught that urine is a sterile 
uh, fluid. It's not, you know, mm. uh, the ureters where the urine passes from the kidney to your bladder actually have their resident bacteria in them. Mm. And in uh, Milan, you know, uh, just uh, a few months ago, um, there was a big debate on, uh, you know, um, the placenta, which we thought before was a sterile system, you know, they were showing that at particular times it would be showing that there were bacteria even in the placenta itself. So Amazing. we might we might need to change our our thinking about how the baby's uh, in, uh, intestines are actually colonized. Is it purely vaginal? Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, uh, you know, or is uh, purely vaginal and from from uh, from the nipple. You know, when when the baby is suckling. Yeah. Um, you know, so so there are a lot of uh, uh, people think that things are already solved. You know, there's many solved things. <laughs> so you many. Know, uh, the, the, no, and the way I, I explain this to them is like, you know, there are many unsolved things. I said, how do clouds form? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> you know, people think they know. The thing is, we don't. You know, don't, why do they yeah. aggregate as such? Why we we don't have any answers. We know, you know, um, uh, how they form, but we don't know why they form. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, oh my uh, in the same, yeah, in same, in same way, we have many fundamental things in our body that we don't know anything mm. about. I, mm. I mean, one of the most fundamental questions uh, that I was working at before. Uh, which is separate from consciousness is, uh, for example, life itself. I mean, I am surprised that many scientists today assume that, uh, you know, the, the issue of life has already been resolved. And, uh, and um, what I'd like to say is that, you know, there is synthetic biology where you create artificial life, right? Mm. But until now, we have not create arti created any artificial life from purely synthetic molecules we mm -hmm. always need to have like uh, the the organism's uh, capsule the organism's uh, intact cell membrane we yeah. can change the nucleus we can change the mitochondria we can change this but we have not created any living thing from scratch right huh. that is alive mm. so and and people assume that we have uh, with synthetic biology we actually haven't yeah. we just have replaced parts of a cell you know we can replace almost everything but we have not created anything from scratch and you know uh, maybe one of your brilliant listeners will figure out how to do it but <laughs> the whole field is called synthetic biology and this is why i i, I say you know when when people ask me about health optimization etc mm. we've been so focused on how to repair this body yeah. right yeah without even knowing how it really does its thing you know mm. how does it remain healthy yeah how, yeah. how does it, how does it remain healthy we don't even know how it remains healthy we know yeah. how it breaks down yeah right? yeah but uh, we don't know how it, it remains healthy so it's like um I, I like to say i'm even envious of the new cars right now it has like like all the sensors that go you know it's 3,000 miles, time for you for your maintenance and this and this and this and this. And we don't do that to ourselves, right? We don't. And the reason that um, we, don't, we didn't do that to ourselves before is that we had no way to test, yeah. right? Mm. And, then, and then metabolomics came in, the, the metabolites came in, right? Yes. And it's, it's, the field is fucking 40 years old. And <laughs> it's, now it's not reached, new. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's now reached the clinics. Right? 
it's, it's now reached the clinics and now instead of just measuring instead of just memorizing the Krebs cycle we can now measure the levels of the metabolites of the Krebs cycle mm, right? um, so and and I remember when I was lecturing when all of this was very new Jody is that you know people were asking me for um, clinical um, uh, studies on yeah. you know, on these metabolites and I said you know, you accepted this in medical biochemistry in second year. <laughs> you know, of now you want studies? <laughs> it's like, it's like, now you want studies? I said, seriously. I said, show me a clinical study on the Krebs cycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, and and it's, it's sort of like it hits you differently mm. because now you're actually getting closer. You know, yeah. you're getting closer to those very things that give you an idea of whether or not you're in and out of balance. So yeah. not in terms of not in terms of disease, but mm -hmm. now you're looking looking at the at, at the body as a network of these organisms that are cooperating with each other. Mm. Right? And you can throw just like a, an ecosystem, like a jungle, you know, uh, or the Amazon rainforest. It each species has its own particular part that it does. Mm. And uh, if you imbalance one, the, you know, the, the whole thing will respond. The, the, the thing that, um, uh, that uh, we haven't been looking at uh, the proper way, I think, in illness medicine is that we look at things uh, like uh, fever, for example, as something that's bad for the yeah. patient, right? Or the client. Mm. Um, but the way we look at it in health optimization is that this is a way that the body is compensating for an imbalance, right? Or this is the way the body has learned to fight off invaders. Yes. So what does it do when you get a virus, for example, the fever goes up because most viruses cannot withstand hot temperatures, yeah. right? Yeah. So what do we what do we do? We give, you know, acetaminophen and whatever to lower the fever. Mm -hmm. And and then we give antibiotics. <laughs> it's, it's, um, <laughs> it, it's interesting what we do, right? Yeah. And um, however, there are, there are. I'm I'm not saying that we shouldn't give antibiotics. And you know, if in acute pneumonias, for example, yeah, sure, you 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 need those. Mm. In acute trauma, you know, hey, you need uh, surgeons for those. Yeah. But um, you see that the uh, illness medicine has a very dismal record for chronic diseases like diabetes. You know, neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's, uh, you know, uh, Alzheimer's, and so on. Mm. And 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 uh, you know, someone called this a long time ago. These are like lifestyle diseases. You know, uh, be, before it was even vogue to call it lifestyle diseases, and it, it's people found it insulting. But if you take a look at your lifestyle, you know, the cumulative, uh, the cumulative insult that you're in balances that you're accumulating in your in your uh holobiont network is the one that's responding to it it's not it's not that the response is bad per se right yeah. because that's what the cell is doing um uh, uh, at that level it may mm. be bad for you as, mm. as an individual it's like you know shit you know i'm <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm feeling I'm 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 feeling very hot. You know, yeah, yeah. That's what you're you're saying, but that's your body actually responding the way it learned to in evolution it do. on yeah. how to deal how how you do it. And 
one of the things that um, uh, you're, you're also looking at, for example, one of the, this is called the evolutionary medicine view, right? Uh, like, for example, uh, if, you're, if you're putting in something toxic all the time, right? Um, uh, if you're putting uh, something toxic, uh, exposing yourself to something toxic all the time, what's the imperative of the cell? The cell will say, I want to survive and reproduce because that's mm. the basic evolutionary imperative, right? Mm. I want to survive and reproduce. So it will say, okay, I, I want to survive. It will break ranks, meaning it will get itself out of the immune regulatory system, right? Mm. And it will become it will survive and reproduce, and that's what we call cancer. So if you're looking at it from this type of perspective, you will see that much of the, what, the, what the body is doing is trying to get itself back into its own balance, Yeah. right? From the individual cell all to the systems, et cetera. And this, is, this, is, this was my thinking when I was thinking about health optimization medicine, mm. right? Um, but for me, it's like, how can we measure this? What are... What are the things that we can measure? And it turns out metabolomics is there. We can now measure your levels of, of metabolites, you know, those, those uh, molecules that are part uh, of the uh, biochemical processes. Mm. You, and you can now, um, uh, you know, um, measure them from inside the cell. And you could see, you could also measure their levels between cells. And, you know, you, you could see what's going on. And then you could balance, you could give it to the body, right? Mm. Um, and, and people like to say, oh, so this is preventive medicine. I say, no, 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 it's not preventive. Preventive is the purview of illness medicine still. You know, preventive medicine will be across populations like uh, preventive medicine in um, coronavirus pandemic, for example, or preventive medicine in, uh, uh, in, <clears throat> in uh, for example, the vaccinations that you're mm. giving. You mm. know? So th th that's, that's why I, I, uh, I refer more to health optimization as health maintenance medicine. You know, how mm. do you maintain health, right? Yes. Like the way yes. you maintain your car. Yes. So what do you look at when you maintain your car? You know, you look at the, the, the oil, you look at the, you know, and here we're looking at the metabolites. So yes. when you measure these metabolites, then you say, okay, you know, here's what we can do. Mm. Uh, you know, you can give, you know, your supplements and uh, your your uh, hormones, nutrients, etc., to balance out your network. Now, what else can you do? You can remove uh, the toxins, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, your oil is gunky. You have to change oil, and <laughs> uh, you know, uh, <laughs> one, you know, one of the things uh, in the field is called exposomics, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, which which is uh, looking at your your poisons, and one of the um, uh, great scourges that we're experiencing today is. You know, I see a lot of uh, mercury levels rising uh, mm. in my patients. I see uh, cadmium rising. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, surprisingly, uh, I had a physician who was also my client, and uh, he loved to eat um, uh, canned food. And from before, you know, whereas now tin is actually banned, you know, mm. you can see that the, the tin levels are very, very high. Wow. You know, so so you could you could see this. Uh, the whole field of Exposomics is actually uh, a big one because not only are you looking at 
you know, heavy metals or in food, you're also looking at, at uh, uh, pollutants in the air. Mm. Uh, you know, there are studies uh, that, that show, you know, when you run in a city versus when you run in a country, sometimes it's probably better for you to, to be in a treadmill in your house rather than running the streets. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah. uh, but, uh, another thing that's insidious, phototoxicity, you know, uh, mm. blue light at night and, uh, and so on. Another thing that's insidious is also your EMF. Right, uh, your, your electromagnetic field like uh, exposure, um, you know, and and we are since just because we don't see it, you know, doesn't mean that we're not getting affected by it. Right? Yeah. So, um, and and and, and uh, these are are the kinds of toxins that we're looking at. Mm. Right? Um, mm. And and of course, um, the the most uh, uh, the most um, uh, terrible toxin of, of all, you know, is a toxic partner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, you know, a, a toxic yeah. boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I love your, your, your um, motto. And we'll, I was going to bring it in later on, but I think it's fantastic <laughs> that you, know, you eat well, you know, your, your um, love well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's what's all of them tell me all of them uh, yes um um uh it, it, it's a uh, sleep well that's right? it yeah, uh, yeah first. and 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 then uh hydrate well that's right? it uh eat well yes uh ground well yes. sun well um uh there love. are there are eight of them yeah love well love love, love well was was, connect? Uh, was it connect uh, well? What was one of them? Um, no, I can't remember. I should uh, have written it down. Relate, <laughs> relate, relate, that's well. it. relate that's well. Relate it. well. Relate yes. well. Yeah. Love well. Love those. Uh, yes, and all of those can be measured. You know, uh, all of these, so you can fuck well. I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. You're definitely not. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know yeah. what? I was, I was uh, gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Being one of the smartest people in the world, and and I think my answers already been answered, and my questions already been answered. In that, what, what? what gets you up in the morning and what's your passion because you you know so much and you know i would i would love to be able to take only part of the brain of yours because it's just so fascinating and so wonderful and what you can take in the information what 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 makes you um get up and motivate and 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 do what you do every day aren't you uh, you know the boredom um, you know knowing <laughs> everything so much already <laughs> no there's so much to know it's it's not boring at all you mm. know um, um, what bores me are ordinary concerns like, you know, um, um, having to pay my bills or, or having to have my car inspected, you know, those kinds of things are like, well, okay. Uh, um, but, but the, the Jody, I'm going to go against the grain of, um, mm. of, uh, of many self-help books out there mm. and I, I tell this to anyone who would listen is that uh, you know don't go after passion don't mm. go after what you're passionate about mm -hmm. you know uh, because passion will fizzle you know mm. it will stay there just any like any romantic love affair it fizzles you know mm. and passion is the same thing 
you know, you, you're passionate about something. That's why I tend to run away when I hear people say, oh, oh my God, it's my passion. It's like, okay, you know, um, until when? Uh, anyway. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I like this. I, I, what I do, what I, I tell them is uh, set your life's purpose, mm. you know, and set your purpose according to principle. Because uh, a life purpose according to goals would just let you down, you know. Yeah. If you say your life purpose is I want to be the most blah, 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 then you're setting a goal. Mm. Um, a good life's purpose would be setting your, uh, setting your purpose by principle. Like, uh, for example, let, let, let me give you um, my uh, life's purpose. You know, my, life's, my purpose is to decrease suffering in myself, right? And my greater purpose is to decrease suffering in others, mm. you know? And then the, uh, the rejoinder to that has been said by the Buddha and by so many other people, uh, knowing that there are no others. So there's, you know, to decrease mm. suffering in myself and to decrease suffering in others, knowing that there are no others. So if you set your, your life's purpose by that kind of principle, then you will be setting goals in accordance to that purpose. Mm, and so that, that, that keeps you like going every day. Yes. Right? Uh, that keeps you going every day. Like, uh, for example, uh, uh, and, and suffering can have many definitions for many people. Yeah. You know, for example, in health, in health optimization, it's like, yeah, you know, you would like to decrease the suffering of your clients or if your patients who are, uh, you know, suffering from one health imbalance or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not even, it's not even disease. It's just that they couldn't sleep well. They're always weak all the time. You know, they couldn't get it up. You know, you know all, of this, all of these things that are not diseases. <laughs> they're, they're not even diseases in and of themselves, right? No, yeah. But, but they, are, they are actually the effects of, stress, the lifestyle that they're living, mm -hmm. you know, uh, inadequate exposure to the sun. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 um, I, I tell this to, uh, uh, to my students, I teach to my students, you know, uh, one of the things I notice is that uh, my patients whose levels are 50 and above, mm. um, uh, actually their diseases become secondary, you know, mm. they become healthier. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I had this woman who was a smoker, right? Um, she was the powerful CFO of company, etc. You know, and you know she she had so many other things that were like imbalances. But she was in when you look at her, she was energetic and so on. Mm. And uh, her vitamin D level was like fucking sixty five or something like that. Yeah, which was great. I said, uh, I said, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, it's not really allowed for me to smoke in the building. So at lunchtime, she goes out and she smokes a cigarette walking around, sleeveless, oh, sleeveless. <laughs> you know, around, the, <laughs> around the building. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, you could see how simple lifestyle changes like this, you know, uh, could, could actually help you. So, you know, teaching people, you know, um, so as I said, decreasing suffering would be that in terms of health right mm. you, simple, simple simple lifestyle changes uh and then you could guide them through uh you know uh here here's the objective measure of mm. uh, your metabolites and how well you're doing under this you know 
here's how much mercury you've taken out, here's uh, how your alpha lipoic acid is balanced, you know, here's your, you know, with the balance of your alpha lipoic acid, since it's a hypoglycemic agent, you know, here's your blood glucose. You were pre-diabetic before, you're now not pre-diabetic anymore, you know, yeah. so you could see all of this um, uh, uh, pre-disease pre syndromes, right, mm. going away. Mm. Uh, because I, health optimization medicine doesn't have uh, any claims, you know, no. to treat any disease. We simply we detect and correct imbalances, right? That's all we do. We don't yeah. diagnose and treat disease. That's mm. illness medicine. I've been mm. there. I know, I know how, how, how that works. Yeah. But that's decreasing suffering. Another mm. way, uh, you know, you could, you could um, uh, define suffering by the incapacity to deal with stress, yes. right? If you have uh, 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 inappropriate response to stress, mm. right? Um, mm. Whether it be voluntary or involuntary, uh, involuntary, would be, you know, like having asthma, you know, or severe allergies, etc. That's, you know, hyperactive response to stress. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, if you're a man, for example, and you're taught that, you know, you're not supposed to express your emotions when you're stressed out, etc, etc, then you become this hypertensive, uh, you know, uh, unemotional person and, and become emotionally unavailable to everyone else. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, so th th these are kinds of, of things that can be suffering. And, and for me, you know, I, I want to get to the core of like what's really a definition of suffering uh, for me, you know, mm. uh, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people define, you know, say I want to be happy without really um, uh, not really defining what's happiness for them is. You know, right. for me, you know, happiness is the absence of suffering. So what is the absence of suffering? And, and, and for me, it's, you know, um, uh, suffering is the way your, your self or your ego, the egoic self, you know, uh, clings to the cravings and aversions, right? Mm. Um, so, and then when you get lost in thought, for example, and the thought comes to you, like, for example, you someone does this to you, you know, while cutting, <laughs> you, off on, on, uh, cutting you off on the highway. Yeah. You're you suddenly become anger itself. That's your identity. Yeah. Right. And that's your that's your ego, and that's and that's Jody at that particular moment. <laughs> totally identified. I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> never um, ever. Never. Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's for for me is a very simple. You know, when, you're, when your attention is hijacked by your thoughts and emotions, you are already suffering, mm. right? Mm. Because, uh, uh, because it's, 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 remember that the, the ego, the self, is the one that wants experience all the time. Yeah. You know, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. I don't want this, I don't want that. When you hear someone saying, I want, I want, I want, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, you already know that that person is suffering, right? Mm. But sometimes... Um, uh, because it's very hard to, you know, uh, look at the definition of, like, like, for example, it's the suffering is the identification with the ego. It's, that's a difficult definition for many people to understand. It's like, um, you know, uh, it's easier to say, you know, suffering is when anger becomes you. <laughs> it, 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 it's yeah. like, it, it becomes your identity. 
right? Yeah. Uh, at that moment, there, you know, Jody is this. So mm. uh, the, it means that there's no space around the anger. There's no, like, okay, it's just an emotion that just arose, you know? Yeah. You, you cannot look at the emotion as just a content of your consciousness. It, mm. it becomes you, yeah. right? And, and the ego is very good at this. It mm. will grab a memory. It will pull out an emotion. And then it's like, you fuck, you <laughs> hurt me, la, 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 la. And when there is that storyteller, right? When there yeah. is that storyteller um, in there, uh, when there's that storyteller in there, then when someone owns the experience, you know that you're suffering already mm. because there's a self that owns it, right? And it, this this is like like um, uh, a sort of like high grade teaching of what suffering is like. It's like when you try to reduce it to its, you know, smallest, what is it yeah. really at its smallest form yeah. is that when you become self-identified with ego or when your attention is hijacked by your thoughts and emotions, you're fucked. You're suffering. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because you'll always be, e e e even as I, I like to say, even if you're just looking for a cup, you know, I want a cup of tea, mm. there's already a desire right there. That's why, um, you know, um, in, in Buddhism, they usually say, you know, um, it's uh, desire, you know, um, uh, that's a root of suffering. It's not, you know, it's the attachment. Yeah. To, to that desire, you know, uh, and and attachment means you're identified with it. And yeah, you're 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 uh, identified with that. Mm. Um, so so for me, it's as simple as as that because, um, for example, uh, like uh, you're desiring for this delicious piece of cake, right? Yeah, mm. that is suffering <laughs> itself, right? And when when you give in to that you'll see yeah. the consequences you know exactly eating like a, eating like a scoop of uh ice cream for for men you know yeah. we've dropped the testosterone levels for at least 24 hours yeah so so you you know all of these effects and then if you do that like um for example uh i'll use this example actually in the philippines when you know for every little occasion they eat right it's a very oral culture mm. every little you know you fart they eat um <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's like, uh, it, it just, you know, it, it's like, oh, just this time. Oh, just this time. And oh, just this time. Right? Yeah. And even if you don't need to eat, you, you know, eat? they mm. will serve you food because that's, that's the culture until you, you, and, and of course, they would serve the most addicting sweet stuff, right? Mm. Because, you know, uh, uh, sugars uh, can yeah. give you that, that kind of, uh, of, uh, of high. And um and, and so you see this accumulate in your lifestyle and you gain weight yes um, yes whenever i come back uh, whenever i come back from the country i'm here you know i have five pounds on me no. uh, <laughs> aside from the information aside from the information of jet lag of course yes but, you know and then i do and i do i do my fasting for a couple of weeks and i lose the five pounds and then you go back again and you gain all back and then mm. back. but um so, I, I'm such I'm such a poor example for chronobiology, but you know, because you travel so much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's for me is uh, I, as I said, you know, if you set your your life's purpose by mm. principle rather than mm. by goal, you would uh, um, you would set goals that are more in line with 
you know, uh, what you what you really can do for long periods of time. Yes. They're not necessarily, you know, well, that short term you know, motivator. One, once, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I jump from one one special to the other, but I completed everything, right? Mm. Um, but but for me, is that now? How do I use that to to uh, uh, decrease suffering in myself? How do I use it to decrease suffering in others? Right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so I love so if that. You, if you if you do do things by principle, yeah, you you, you won't you you won't get lost. Um, I was recently talking to. Uh, uh, a young life coach. Oh yes. It's like I, <laughs> when 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 a life coach is below thirty years old, I sort of like. Oh, great! And I go, okay, you know, um, your understanding of life is so much different. Yes. Uh, so I have I have to respect I respect a lot of people um, who are older than me, uh, even who are not as educated as I am, because mm. they've seen more of life than I have. Yeah. Right? And they have uh, the emotional stability and everything else <clears throat> that sometimes I admit only age can bring. Uh, but <laughs> but um, but it's it, it's possible it's possible to have for me happiness is equanimity. Right? Yes, um, it's 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 equanimity, and by that, uh, you've heard this expression that I've used before. I don't want to be happy; I just want to be minimally perturbable. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I love I, that. I, I, and, and and I like to say I don't like like tidal waves of joy, mm. and, but because that that you will meet deep whirlpools of sorrow. You know, yeah. other people may like that. It's not for me. You know. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with the wave just bobbing up and down and remaining deep in the lake, you know, just like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm the same. I agree. I'm <laughs> much like that as well. I don't like having those really big highs and really big lows. I like just, just waving along. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, uh, Jody, that's what, um, uh, uh, that's what gets you up. Uh, that's what keeps you going. going. Yes. It's going and keep, gets me thinking, um, about you know if this is good for me you know um this will probably be good for other people and as i yeah. find out you know uh for example for health optimization medicine i did it for myself and for my practice because i wanted to be able to to uh have a practice that incorporated all, all the new sciences that were coming mm. out that they were becoming really relevant. Uh, for example you know uh, mitochondria microbiota mm -hmm. Uh, exposomics, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, uh, epigenetics, mm -hmm. you know, chronobiology, uh, evolutionary medicine. So if, when you're taking a look at all of this, and, and it, this was 11 years ago now, Amazing. and I said, all of these are becoming clinically relevant and they're still not teaching it in medical schools now. Yeah. How do I put this all together as a single, uh, as, 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 a, as a practice? And it turns out that you know uh, either uh, uh, doctors would refer their uh, patients to me that are uh, uh, cases that they could not do anything anymore about. Mm. You know, they cannot give any more drugs and and so on and so forth. And uh, I don't do any functional medicine approach to them. Right. I all I do is I just take a look at their levels of uh, hormones and nutrients. Mm -hmm. And 
I put them at a level where it's between 21 and 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And when you're there, and I can show you that they're there, we're done. Yeah. And whatever happens to you is what I call a beneficial side effect. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, no claims. No claims is beneficial side effect. There's been yeah. many uh, requests that Dr. Ted, why don't you say, you know, you're able to, to treat diabetes and so on? I don't. You know, if, you know, there was a 30-year diabetic that's no longer diabetic and, and so on. It's like, no, no, no. It's what gets us in trouble with illness medicine people, right? Yes. Because they yeah. will, diseases will necessarily require quantitative analysis. Yes. But we are after health. So we are after the quality of life. Mm. So we only have qualitative reports. Yes. Right? Uh, qualitative. We're not after a disease. Mm. Uh, but the wonderful thing uh, that has happened uh, uh, was just all the developments in epigenetics last year uh, where, you know, epigenetics are these mechanisms that are outside of your DNA mm. that, uh, that is uh, remembered by your, your, um, your DNA uh, uh, that you can pass on to your offspring, right? Yes. Uh, so it, it affects how your genes are expressed and they are not actually in the genes themselves. Mm. So um, an example for that is that you may have a gene for breast cancer, for example, but if you live the proper lifestyle, those genes can get silenced by yes. these epigenetic mechanisms. And this is where, you know, your, your uh, anti-stress uh, uh, programs like yoga and, you know, uh, meditation, et cetera, et cetera, they all come in and uh, they affect you epigenetically. Mm. Right, uh, to do that, and one of the things that um, was uh, developed last year was that was called the epigenetic clock, right? Mm. Um, where they could they could show they could show you uh, it's like the plaque on the teeth, uh, right? Um, <laughs> you know, they you, 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 the dentist can show your age by how much plaque you have accumulated in your teeth. <laughs> so. So, um, and that's called the Horvath clock, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the, the, the plaque is like the epigenome, you know, yes. um, it accumulates there. So, uh, are there substances that can actually take out the plaque and, and restore it to a pristine condition? And yeah, you know, um, uh, we already know uh, a Nobel uh, uh, award was given to Dr. Yamanaka of Japan for the discovery mm. of the Yamanaka factors. What they do is they actually take out the plaque and restore uh, the cell, take out the epigenetic crud, or mm -hmm. you know, and restore it into its uh, young condition. And one of the uh, interesting things about this uh, clock, there are several of them. Um, so time from birth would be the uh, the Horvath clock, right? So if you're younger, if you're, they, you see that you're you have less plaque than, than the others, you know, you have less crud in your epigenome, which is on, sitting on top of your DNA, DNA, you know, if you have less of those, then you're actually younger than uh, your biological age, your epigenetic mm. age is younger, right? Mm. If you have more, then you're older. So that's the, uh, the Horvath clock, right? But there's also what's called the Grim Age clock, you know, mm. from after the Grim Reaper, which is the time <laughs> to death yes. clock. And uh, what's interesting about it is that <clears throat> by artificial intelligence, they, uh, they superimpose the data of about, I think, 2,000 uh, 
uh, cases uh, in the smokers, smokers mm -hmm. data in the Framingham Heart Study, right, mm -hmm. which is a well-acted data set. And they found out that uh, if you're, you know, just putting in your, your, your uh, uh, smokers data who, uh, is actually enough to generalize to the general public mm -hmm. on, on uh, what their time to death is actually going to be. But the <laughs> more interesting part, the more interesting part of it is time to disease. So time to your first heart attack time to your, you know, um, uh, first stroke and time your first morbidity, et cetera. Those can now be predicted with great accuracy by mm, these apocs. Amazing. Know? And, and, and people don't know this, you know, but it's going to be a challenge to illness medicine people. Mm. Are your drugs pulling me away from my grimage clock, right? Yes. From my time to first morbidity. You know, are your drugs pulling me away from my first heart attack? or mm. are they not? And so now, you know, here's a health optimization medicine tool, right? Uh, or a health optimization practitioner tool where we measure how much did you make you healthier, how much did we make you younger. Now it becomes a challenge to the illness medicine group. It's like, <laughs> hey, oh. how, how, you know, you know, how far did you pull me away from my first heart attack with your drugs? Yeah. They can't show anything you know then they're not really doing their work so that's right uh, and that's and, and that for me is interesting right yeah uh, that yeah. for me is interesting because now you have a different measure your measure yeah. is now cell intracellular you know, deep molecular and stuff it will make for a good challenge but at the same time it will also revise protocols and drugs that we use right yeah yeah for for illness Absolutely. Uh, and for us, we have a measure of whether or not our, life, our lifestyle measures that we recommend to our patients and clients, you know, uh, actually work. Right? Mm. So, and I, um, I absolutely love the home hope way. And that's what, that's what drew me to it in the beginning is just bringing it back down to those basics. And it just, it, it made so much sense to me of what you were trying to create. And then those pillars, your seven pillars are just... It encompasses everything and from a basis of just bringing back down to that foundational level that can heal the whole innate system, you know, that innate healing. It's just, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it makes so much sense. It's, it, it, it should be done everywhere. It should, everyone should be doing this to be able to heal it, their body. Yeah, this, this, it's in, you know, our system is intelligent enough. Yeah. It knows how to balance itself. Exactly. Sometimes it's just needs this proper nudge from us you know a yes. little nudge here and there it's like hey you know i'm i'm really running out of vitamin e you should mm, give me something we need it. <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah you, you and you know very well that vitamin e is part of the antioxidant regeneration system so if you say take a look at vitamin e hey you know probably your vitamin C is going to be low too. And so is your alpha-lipoic acid because you know that they're all attached to each other. And that's one of the principles, you know, uh, you, you know this. If you touch one thing in a network, the rest of the network will move. Shifts, yeah. And it, uh, it's a, for me, that's a beautiful art form. Yes, uh, it right? is. Uh, that's, it why, is. that's why the practice, the practice is an art itself. Mm. The science is there. It's solid. You know, you know how to measure things, et cetera. Yeah. But how you balance them. You yes. know, um, becomes an art because you also have to take in into consideration your client's temperament. 
you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot take so much pills and blah, 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 you know. Uh, and many of them will say, oh, no, Dr. Ted, I'm just going to eat good food and so on and so forth. And so you challenge them, okay, you know, what foods are rich in alpha lipoic acid? Mm. Uh, don't know. <laughs> what <Sounds>. foods are, <laughs> yeah, what foods are rich in CoQ10? Uh, don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, you know, That's take yeah. your supplement. I know yes. that you're not, you're, you're not going to eat good food. So, so uh, these are the kinds of things that, that's a part of the art of, of balancing. You know, mm. uh, this, the, the whole science is down pat. It's easy. One, yeah. two, three, one measure, you know, yes. two balance, you, you know, uh, yeah. uh, co- compared to the range uh, 21 to 30. And then, you know, use network wide range shifting. Don't just shift one value which is what we're doing example, for testosterone these days. It's just, yeah, we're just going to give you a shot of that. Give you that, yeah. You're fine. Not realizing, but, but you know, it all comes in a network. And then mm. uh, three is, of course, you, um, you uh, uh, use a network-wide range, meaning you shift the entire range of, of values, not just one. Yeah. And so that's the science. This is very easy. Mm. Right? But the, um, but the uh, art of it is really dependent on your client. Like, uh, for example, those, the younger athletes or the competitive CEOs who have a lot of discipline, et cetera, they would follow the protocol to the letter, right? Yes. And they would get great results. And mm. um, yeah, right? And, and there will be those who cannot follow a single instruction that you yeah. give. Yeah, and you have to work with that. Uh, that that's the creativity, to, and, yeah. And, and, yeah, that you have to get creative. You have to learn how to motivate and, and so on. And yeah. that's where you as a practitioner would shine, you know, because it depends on, on how good you are at motivating people. Yeah, uh, it's to, that. To, creating that relationship, isn't to it? eat properly. Yeah, and, and you know, to eat properly, to, to hydrate themselves, you know, uh, uh, and, and so on. And sometimes, you know... Um, one of the things that I noticed uh, before when uh, Nishan was going back to, to the Philippines was, uh, was that um, I, I was wondering how come, uh, you know, um, there were yeah, like a lot, of, a lot of women, you know, uh, with bad breath. And I didn't know why mm-hmm. um, uh, this was. And the reason was that they were not drinking enough water because there were no clean places to pee. Oh, so that was yeah. stopping themselves drinking. So they would, they would dehydrate themselves. They would wow. stop themselves from drinking so they don't have to go to very, very dirty toilets. Huh. See, uh, so you have, you have all of these things going, you know, yes. when you're, when you're look, looking at, uh, 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 for example, um, you know, when when I would be balancing like the the cortisol levels of people, and uh, I would notice that my uh, my patients there would get uh, muscular cramps, uh, and I was I, I thought well you know muscle cramps, um, I thought I you know I thought it was like magnesium uh, poor magnesium intake etc. No, Philippine food was excessively salty. Yeah. <laughs> too much and, uh, yeah and and you know and um um they were uh, basically essentially hoarding their salt and and um 
peeing out their potassium. So I had, hmm. you know, for that particular culture, I had to give potassium instead yeah. of magnesium or, or anything. So I had to give extra potassium uh, to the clients. It's, it's, it's so interesting. Um, it is. You know, it's so interesting. It's part of, it's all the part of the art of, of that. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, as a country in the tropics also, they have very low vitamin D levels. It's because, you know, white skin is prized over there. You know, your fair <laughs> skin, you know. Don't get out there so you don't go dark. Yeah, you're, you're deemed to be more beautiful and therefore you're more marketable, you know, make more mateable. Whereas whatever. in Australia, the browner you are, the better you are. I know. <laughs> Everyone's trying yeah, to get so, tanned here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are things like, like those. So it's, it's not only like, you know, uh, as I said, you know, you mentioned the the seven pillars. You know, uh, mm. the the you know, yeah, the mitochondria is good. Their mm-hmm. mi- microbiota, especially the gut microbiota, which is now you know the focus, uh, especially for improving your immune system because it's yeah. the largest immune system in the body. You know, your your um, exposomics, the toxins, uh, the chronobiology. You know, the uh, evolutionary medicine and 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 uh, epigenetics. You know. They, they they form these seven seven pillars, but in the end, it's also getting your uh, client to understand that within each of these seven pillars is a lifestyle change that they need to make. Yes, right? the, yeah. they are associated with lifestyle changes. If you're looking at chronobiology, for example. You know, then they have to learn about sleep hygiene. They have to learn about dark rooms, room temperature. You know, uh, that's best for sleeping. You know, and I and other things that they have to do before you even address the insomnia, mm. right? uh, because sometimes the insomnia could be as simple as poor sleep hygiene. Yeah. Right? Um, they would sleep at all. Uh, 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 times of the night they don't have a set time for sleeping you know they look at their phones you know um uh, the blue light of their phones they get awake you mm. know um uh, within two hours of sleep. they eat right before sleeping you know mm. uh, my advice is like like you know um uh, finish your meal uh three hours before you go to bed yeah because uh three three hours is the gastric emptying time you know at least the, your stomach is already emptied and don't eat anything else during mm. the period, drink some water, right? Mm. Um, so each each one of those has has uh, has a, uh, a lifestyle change uh, that that uh, is useful for them. You know, for um, uh, microbiota, right? If your doctor prescribes you an antibiotic for some acute infection or something like that, you know, you should learn to ask. You know, uh, when can I start taking probiotics, or, or when can I put probiotics in? Are there instead of this uh, antibiotic can i use uh, synthetic antibiotic can i use a natural antibiotic instead like oregano mm. oil or mm. or berberine you know mm. um, there are natural antibiotics in there with uh, less side effects on bombing your entire carpet bombing your entire uh, gut microbiota yeah um, yeah you know and uh, uh, I, I don't know whether or not you were the born then jury but you know, I, I, I remember that you, we used to give, we, we used to give uh, antibiotics uh, to, to pigs, right? Uh, mm. or, or cattle, or cattle to fatten them up. Ah, right. And, right. And, 
Yeah, and, and then and and then now uh, there are correlative studies. Like you take antibiotics uh, ten years earlier, and ten years later you're actually obese. So mm. there yeah. are now those types of correlate correlative studies. Yeah. Um, so you you could see, you know, uh, there's there's the also the changes because your bacteria grow according to what you eat, right? Mm. So, exactly. uh, yeah, what are you eating uh, and so on. It's very, very, very important. I think it's, in fact, the most, one of the, uh, aside from the testing, you know, it's the, the first thing that we look at in health optimization is what's the status that of, what's the health status of your gut? Yeah. And your gut microbiota. Mm. Uh, do you have a leaky gut and so on? Um, and then uh, we, uh, of course, uh, take a look at your mitochondria, you know, um, many of them are, are complaining about weakness all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a simple, you take a look at their vitamin B levels, which are your energy vitamins. They're involved mostly in your mitochondrial function and, and you give them vitamin B and, and, uh, and then they're, they're actually uh, performing a lot better. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are lots of vitamin B rich foods, you know, and you check their diet and you could see that they're not eating vitamin B rich foods or, um, uh, what what they're doing in 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 terms of in terms of um, uh, or they're eating too much, right? Mm. You're not giving your mitochondria time to rest uh, and and time to and 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 time to divide to renew themselves, right? Yeah. Uh, so so and that's just another lifestyle change. Uh, for example, the the old uh, way of dealing with diabetes was you know frequent feedings. Well, mm. that's no longer true because no. by frequent feedings, you're going to just spike the insulin, uh, the, the, the glucose, you know, every time that the person one, right? Mm. So the way, the way that the, the way uh, the thinking has changed around the treatment of diabetes, you know, it surrounds that kind of lifestyle advice. Right? Yeah. Uh, for, for for me, for example, personally, I just eat twice a day, right? I eat, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you what, what your daily thing looks yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just eat uh, uh, something at noon, and mm -hmm. um, and then I I eat something for for uh, dinner, and that's mm -hmm. it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, just uh, just two meals, and um, that's good enough for me. And and it has kept my weight, for example. Um, uh more or less constant you mm -hmm. know despite uh, hectic travel schedules and all that yeah. is, it, it does that um and for many people it's what i ask them to do is uh you know if you cannot control what you eat at least control the time you eat yes right uh, and they're okay with that mm. like like what doctor you know first try around you know a 12 uh, a 12 hour feeding window and mm -hmm. then you decrease that to 10 hours and then decrease it to eight hours and that's good enough for me right mm. but mitochondria actually can already regenerate with a 12-hour fast if you include that with your sleep but i it, it's a lot better uh to 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 uh keep the feeding window shorter like to eight because you're basically uh, extending your carbohydrate fast right yeah. the whole point is actually to decrease the the, the uh, and, and and i hate it when people don't know what carbohydrates are um <laughs> me too me too oh, no i've stopped eating pasta okay okay <laughs> you know and uh even even doctors you know mm -hmm. i ask them you know do you know what net carbs are 
you know, and it's like, oh, you know, um, it's a high carbohydrate diet. Yeah, I said I eat a high carbohydrate diet, <laughs> and they got shocked. And it's like I didn't say a high refined carbohydrate diet. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I didn't say a high soluble carbohydrate diet. You know, uh, most of the carbohydrates I'm taking is insoluble, mm. um, and I can't repeat this enough. You know, the fastest disappearing macronutrient in human uh in in the diet of the human species is fiber yeah right and uh i i have lots of uh older patients and clients and mm -hmm. one of the one of the things they complain about is constipation yeah right and you just increase their fiber intake and they're okay you could see how and this is again another lifestyle advice you know things th th things like this when uh uh in exposomics in in in, in uh that area of of, of uh, uh, environmental toxicity, for example, there's a lot of things to be discussed over there, right? Mm. Uh, from from your exposure to EMF, turning off your Wi-Fi routers at night, to your exposure to to blue light at night, and um, you know, to uh, uh, e examining uh, the food that you're eating. You know, uh, one of my my uh, recent cases uh, was actually chronic mercury toxicity from eating fish. Uh, pescatarian mm. for uh, for ten years, right. uh, and mercury levels were rising, and uh, so y you could you could um, uh, uh, then ask the patient or client to vary what they eat or examine uh, uh, other source toxins in in their homes. Right? Mm, uh, absolutely. Uh, for example, there are studies uh, in there are already studies that. Uh, you know, uh, children who live in high tension wires, you know, with with, with uh, uh, high electrical voltage, you know, they develop leukemia. Mm -hmm. That still needs to get that needs uh, still needs to get explained, right? And that's yeah. an that's an environmental toxin. Absolutely. You know, uh, um, so so uh, you know, um, uh, eating, uh, for example, uh, the the packaging uh, the, where you get your food, you know, styrofoam. You could see the the. Uh, the molecule actually accumulate in 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 the patient or client, you know. Mm. So, you know, where you where you where you store your food, or is this in plastics? Is this in, you know, I I don't fucking care. Is this microwave safe? You know, <laughs> don't microwave it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so even microwaving, yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, so 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 th this this uh. Um, uh, you know, a lot of things that can be taught in, in, in exposomics. And when, when you go to, to uh, uh, as a microbiology, there's a lot of sleep advice mm. that, that you could give, right? Your sleep hygiene, your, uh, and in evolutionary medicine is uh, looking at, uh, looking at, uh, uh, it's, it's a perspective of what particular habits have, have you actually been, uh, doing in your life, you know, that has accumulated into this type of uh, of uh, metabolic dysfunction, mm. for example, you know, because that's how the body would respond, um, you know, uh, that's that that's how it, it, it's really very simple. Uh, uh, for example, um, uh, let's get to a really really um, uh, very simple example. If you have a skin tag right where your belt buckle is yeah. for christ's sakes get the skin tag removed yeah. right? 
because it's just gonna annoying. Uh, irritate it. Uh, yeah, uh, th these are these are the kinds of um, uh, the kinds of things that uh, we we look at. This is how the body responds, right? This is how the body will respond um, by evolution. So, for example, if you're having a fever, you know, uh, when should you take uh, an antipyretic? You know, mm. uh, you know, for kids, uh, you know, uh, I usually advise of giving them un until, un unless they are prone to seizures, right? Mm -hmm. And they usually are. That's why they give, um, uh, they give um, uh, antipyretics. Um, but for adults, I, I usually shove them in a cold shower, right? Mm. Go take a cold shower, right? And, and to, to, to bring, if it's very uncomfortable for you to bring it, uh, to bring that uh, temperature down, mm. um, you know, so... When when are you going to you know um, uh, I I know you have a cast if you have a sprain but should you really be walking around uh, you know the 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 body normally swells at around the ankle you know yeah. it's a way of immobilizing it and then you take something for pain right and now you yeah. can socialize and now you delay the healing of that exactly uh, <laughs> of that uh, uh, sprain right so. Uh, Again, you know, just by looking at evolutionary medicine alone, the body has this way of healing itself. And how much should you intrude into the healing process? Mm. You know, how much should you intervene in the healing process? And it's it's a very practical question, right? Um, and then, um, of course, with with epigenetics, uh, what are what are the what are the other things? Say you got a gene test, etc. My response is usually, so fucking what. <laughs> you know i i am i'm i'm already too old to to um well i you know if if i could for example inject the folistatin gene into my system and it will somehow take so i don't need to exercise anymore than well and good right um but no i'm i'm beyond the designer baby um uh, uh stage in my life mm -hmm. i can't be a designer baby anymore um so um, you know, so what, what are the things that you could do to silence, for example, uh, uh, cancer genes, right? Uh, there's a methylation pathway. Take a look at whether or not you're hypomethylated and so on. Of course, those are the markers. But mm. in terms of lifestyle, you know, um, it's, it's, um, it's, um, um, it's very easy to identify you know, choline and methyl-rich foods, for example. And, mm. uh, uh, you, could, you could go and actually enroll yourself in a meditation course, you can, and de-stressing course, you could divorce your husband, you could, you know, um, <laughs> you, know you, you could do so many things to affect uh, that uh, epigenome. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so and, and one of the things, one of the biggest controllers of your epigenome is your gut microbiota. Yeah. They control, uh, they can control your epigenome, they can control your mood, they can control, you know, uh, a lot of things. And, mm. and, and so just, just, just uh, looking at this, each of these pillars, you already know where my uh, advice of sleep well, eat well, hydrate well, ground yes. well, sun well, you know, um, uh, relate well, love well. Uh, yeah. You know, so, so y you see how... Uh, those are actually measurable, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, but be, because people always ask me how, you know, if you cannot afford the testing because mm. it's still relatively expensive and so on, I said, you know, it's actually easy. 
you know, um, you, the following lifestyle changes. But the point is, you don't like to do the lifestyle changes. Exactly. That's why uh, you're there. That's yeah. why you're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but for the other other people, they want, and for me myself, since I'm uh, I'm a doctor, you know, oh, you know, I, I want to have some some markers, some guideposts, right? Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I actually doing uh, uh, balancing in in this person. I'm I'm am I exacerbating a particular issue? Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, for example, cool. for yeah, for for some patients, for example, I'm only here because of my wife. Right? Uh, they <laughs> they come here. I'm only here because of my wife. La la la. And then I, I don't have any problems. I don't have any issues. And then six months later, they go, "Oh my God, Doctor Ted, I never thought it was possible to heal this way." <laughs> so, oh, oh, what I say at the beginning of my uh, session is that my goal for you in. Uh, in this relationship, right, in this therapeutic relationship, is to get you addicted to the feeling of wellness. Oh, I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. When you're addicted to the feeling of wellness, you know when you're off kilter, right? Mm. When you're when you're when you're off when you're off balance, you will immediately know it. Like yes. the the way you feel awful, you know, uh you say you really wanted to eat the cake you ate it without any guilt because it's one of the things that you like to do and then three hours later you're feeling grouchy and not so well (laughs) so and there it is yes Uh, that's the proof in the pudding yeah that you that 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 you know where your center is Mm. so yeah yeah very cool yeah that's that's a what I'm uh, uh, trying to, to do is that with us practitioners, we have mm. an objective measure we can guide you through. Aside from the tests, we have your practical advice uh, and so on. Plus, we like to think that we know a little bit more about what's going on in, in the current fields where they are. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, before a drug comes to market, you know, there's already 10 years there and 600 exactly. million dollars later <laughs> yeah. right uh, <laughs> uh, but for us you know uh, it's there uh, it's shown um, what was the um, uh, mo- most recent one that I reviewed um, uh, that I sent you is uh, uh, and this was already at a regular yeah no uh, no at a regular uh, oh, the micro RNA that's uh, uh, that's uh, relevant to your uh, uh, immediately relevant to your uh, viewers or listeners mm. is um, the walking, right? And that was the Journal of American Medical Association. Mm. You know, 8,000 to 12,000 steps, you know, of any intensity daily is uh, decreases all cost mortality. Mm. So, yeah, significantly simple. decreases all cost mortality. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So, just any intensity, right? Mm. So, um, amazing. L- yeah, little things like this. I, you know, from Europe, I learned, you know, walking two miles a day uninterrupted, you mm. know, um, uh, would be good enough to increase mm. uh, longevity. But this one is the JAMA, and it was just released in March of 2020, mm. where they correlated the number of steps that you take daily uh, versus your your uh, all-cost mortality, and yeah. they found that 8,000 to 12,000 steps a day. Hmm. Uh, of any intensity is enough to to significantly reduce all cost mortality. Yeah, and who doesn't want to do that? It's very simple. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and enjoyable. Yeah. Wow. 
Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.